Thank you for coming to Key Ladders Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Anderson, and the topic today is going to be investment property management. Now, we've talked about this a lot in our courses, which are available on the keyladder.com website, but I'd like to expand a little bit more about some of the reasons why you should consider using a property manager for your investment properties. Now, many people decide to start out by buying the house next door, almost literally, sometimes it's down the street, because it's close, they happen to see it, they hear it's a good deal. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but they end up with it anyway. Now, it doesn't really make any difference if that house is next door or down the street. Managing an investment property is a serious undertaking. There are a number of aspects to that that you need to know before you jump into it and say, hey, this is a way I can save 10%, 15%, or 20%. Quite frankly, every time you want to buy an investment property, you need to consider the fact that a professional manager should manage it and find out what that rate is and include it. If you choose not to have a professional manager do it initially, well, you'll just be making that much more money. But if you eventually find out what I'm going to tell you about in a few minutes and you have to turn this over at some point, you better make sure when you go in the door and you buy that property that you can actually afford to be profitable with that property by paying a professional property manager. Now, let me explain some of the aspects of this that may seem a little bit easy for some of you and difficult for others. I frankly think that the most difficult part of managing a property is dealing with the tenants. And what I mean by that is you would think that someone that came to you with a good credit record that you've vetted and checked out, maybe they had some good references, they always paid on time with the last place that they lived. Well, unless you have a serious conversation face-to-face with the person who managed the property they lived in before, you may not always get the entire truth from them about this person. Often, if you have a poor tenant, the last thing you want to do is prevent that tenant from finding another place to live. You want them to get out. You'll do everything you can to encourage them to get out so you don't need to go through the time and expense of the formal eviction process. So sometimes people that own properties tell little white lies just to get that person out. So back to the vetting process. You did a really good job and you vetted the person and on paper they look pretty good. You talked to them, you interviewed them, everything seems to be fine. You called to make sure that they're earning a salary or some type of a regular pay and they can afford to live there and you didn't make the mistake by renting to someone who's paying 60 or 70 percent of their pay to rent a property. That's never good but that's another topic for us to cover on another time. What I wanted to get into now was the actual relationship with the tenant. Now often property managers make the mistake of befriending the tenant. That is a definite mistake. This is a business. It is not a charity. It's not a friendship society. It is a business. Now if you don't want to run it as a business, it's yours. You can do whatever you want. But if you want to run it as a business, take my advice and do not befriend the tenants. 
Of course, be courteous to them, be nice to them, but have no more contact with the tenant than you need to to make sure that they're properly taking care of the property and they're paying you on time. Let them live their lives. They don't want you breathing down their necks either. This is a two-way street situation. But when you become friends with them and you spend too much time with them, wait and find out when they can't afford to pay the rent on time and they need a few more days. That's how it starts. You cannot accept that. It has to be paid on time every time. It can't be delayed. Let them go out and borrow the money from their parents, neighbors, and relatives, not from you. Because if they don't pay you on time, you've basically given them a loan. And if you do that, you're not managing your property right, and you're starting to open the door to future issues that are similar to that. The next thing that will happen is if you have told them they can't have pets, they will have a pet. The pet will start out being a friend's pet that they're watching for a couple of days. So you might concede to that. Don't. And you might find some people that want to live there on a temporary basis that turn out to be more or less permanent. Don't. This is what happens when you become friends with the tenants that you don't want to do. Now, if you use a property manager, you'll never see the tenant. You'll never know the tenant. They won't be coming to you for anything. They'll be going to the property manager, and the property manager will not be friends with the tenant. They're going to pay their rent or lease payment on time, and your bargain with them is you're going to maintain that property through that property manager and make sure that your property is always in good condition. If something breaks, you're going to fix it right away. You want to make sure that that tenant enjoys where they're living. And what you fully expect from that tenant is to pay you on time. So if you're using a property manager, you are insulated from that. The other things that happen is domestic disturbances, issues, the boyfriend-girlfriend fights, the husband-wife fights, the fights with the neighbors, all kinds of things. The police are called out. The last thing you want to do is get a call at midnight on a Saturday night that the police came out to your place and then you have to go over there and sort it out. That is over the top. That is not what property management is all about. If the tenants have these problems, then they're going to contact a professional property manager or you. What would you rather have? If the TV stops working and it happens to be part of the property, or let's say the refrigerator doesn't work, and they call you at 2 o'clock in the morning when they go out to get a snack and find out the refrigerator is broken, is that acceptable to you? They're going to call the property manager who's prepared to take these kinds of calls. It's what they do, and that's how they earn their money. So to boil this down to something that is easy to understand is this is not about you saving a few dollars by not doing the right thing and giving this to a professional property manager. You're trying to save this money and it's going to end up costing you at some point down the road because someone is going to do something that's going to require you to evict them. And that gets to the next part. That's a very difficult process. It requires some knowledge. You're going to have to run around and figure out how to do it in your jurisdiction. It's different in everyone, so I can't give you advice here either. But there are laws that deal with that. And depending on where you live or where this property is, excuse me, where the property is, the laws in that area may favor the tenants over you, even when the tenants are wrong. 
There may be some rent control issues. There might have been something about COVID where you couldn't let them go and they wouldn't pay the rent. All of that is aggravating. It causes a lot of stress. Now, property managers don't experience stress the same way. They expect these things. They know what to do about them and they take care of it. But for you, renting a property to someone who decides not to pay because they went out and bought a new car and can't afford to pay you on time, that is nerve-wracking for a lot of people. I suggest you don't want to do that because what may happen is what happens to a lot of first-time buyers of investment properties is they decide they don't want to buy anymore. They want to get out of it. They don't want to deal with the hassles. Now, if you want to stay into the investment business, the best thing you can do is, as I said, at the very beginning, price that property out so you can afford to pay a property manager. If you can't afford to pay a property manager, go to another property. Because even if you want to do it on your own and you thought you maybe you'd try it, okay, fine, you can put the ads out there, you can interview the tenants, all that might be a little bit fun at first, and then you have the tenants and they moved in. It's what happens afterwards. You might get that perfect tenant, might is the operative term here, that pays on time all the time, keeps their property in excellent condition, never any complaints, but that's a rare tenant. Believe me, it's a rare tenant. Also, you're going to be asked some point down the road, possibly, to take Section 8 housing. How are you going to deal with that? Are you going to say yes automatically? Do you even know what Section 8 housing is? There's lots and lots and lots to know about property management. In fact, it is an entire career field. So imagine you decided to become a plumber because you're doing a little bit of plumbing work. Well, how long does it take for someone to become a journeyman plumber? Years of experience to become that. That's my point. If you're going to do this on a part-time basis, you may not want to put the time and effort into learning property management the way it should be learned. However, having said that, if you really want to do that, perhaps you want to start a property management business because you have enough properties, then you should possibly take a course such as Keyladder's course and those sections on property management will help you a great deal understand what you should and shouldn't do. We're going to create a course for property management down the road. We have enough in our current course right now if you enroll to at least get started with property management if you choose to do this on your own. But I still recommend in closing that you hire a property manager. Now you should always know what the property manager is generally doing and how to work with a property manager and that's what's in our course on residential rental property investing where you can understand how you should be dealing with a professional property manager. They use terms, they talk to you things about for eviction, for example, they know all the laws in the area, which you'll have to learn if that's what you want to do. But you should possibly spend time with a property manager. Maybe what you do is hire a proper property manager up front for six months or a year, possibly a year. And then after that, you can take it over when you've learned enough, after you've taken our course and you've also uh, shadowed this property manager. Well, thank you very much. I wanted to try to keep this short and many others that are similar to this. We're deriving a lot of the information from our podcast, for our podcast, from our 
courses which you can find at keyladder.com. Our big course, which is our foundation course on investing in residential real estate property, is over 16 hours long, 34 lessons. It's extremely thorough. After you finish with that, you should be a near expert in investing in rental property. Well, thank you for coming to our podcast and please come to others.